0: We are towards the bottom of Xubis Hei Omer Aleph, Xubis 5a. And the Gemara heads into a tangent into the realm of what's referred to as Agartha. Uh, Agartha is the non-halachic aspects of the Gemara. The Gemara, for the most part, discusses halachic issues. Uh, but every so often it enters into a tangent that discusses Jewish thought, Jewish ideas... Um, Jewish philosophy that is not halakhically oriented, but is discussing Jewish concepts and Jewish uh, and uh, Jewish thoughts. Now the reason why we come on to this now at this point in time is because the Gemara earlier quoted Bar Kapara. Bar Kapara was quoted earlier, he's not often quoted, and as such the Gemara now enters into a tangent and discusses other statements from this same person named Bar Kapara. And so the Gemara opens up and says, Darish Bar Kapara. Bar Kapara told us, Gidolim Meiset Sadigim Yosem Meiset Shemaim Va'aretz, that the actions of the righteous are greater than the creation of the world, of the heaven and the earth. How do I know this? Because in the verse which describes the creation of the world, it says, "Af Yadi Yasta Eretz vi Mini Tipcha Shemaim. My hand, God's hand in the singular has laid the foundations of the earth and my right hand spans the heavens. But it's talking about my singular hand. But when it comes to uh, the actions of the righteous, when it comes to the actions of the tzaddikim of the righteous, it says two, two hands in the plural. It says that the place Uh, Which you may have made for yourself to dwell in, referring to the mikdash, the base of mikdash, the temple, uh, or or the mishkan, the uh, tabernacle, which your hands have established, uh, which is referring to your hands, when talking about the temple, it's referring to your hands, the hands of man, and it says it in the plural. Uh, and so it sounds like that the actions of the righteous are greater than the actions of God in the creation of the world itself. And we'll explain uh, one explanation of what this means in a minute. Hei she'bavliyach Shemo. There was somebody from Babel, his name was Rebichia, and he's, he challenged this idea of Barkapara. Why? Because the verse says, in Tehillim, in Psalms, v'yabeshes yadav yatsaru, his hands formed the dry land, in the plural, so they say, no, it doesn't mean you have to... The, the written is not in the plural. It says his hand in the singular. But it says uh, that it was formed in the plural. And then it says it was formed in the plural. So Amr it means his fingers. It doesn't mean when it was formed in the plural. It doesn't mean multiple hands. It means multiple fingers. One hand. But multiple fingers. How do I know that? It Based on another verse in Tehillim in Psalms, that when I see your shemaim, your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars which you have established, so it, it does talk about the fingers, so to speak, of God. Obviously, none of this is to be taken literally, but it talks about the fingers of God in the creation of the world, um, and so that would be explained, that would explain that. But we do have the following question: Meisvei. There's another verse. Also, again, in Tehillim in Psalms, which says that uh, the heavens declare the glory of God and uh, the firmament proclaim the work of His hands. The skies uh, proclaim the work of His hands in the plural. So there's another verse that says it in the plural. So how what do you do with that? So, It means that who is going to testify about the work of the righteous, it will be the heavens. Why? Mind you, it's referring to Matar. It's referring to rain. That the rain will testify to the actions of the righteous. Now what does all of this mean? What exactly is going on here? So one explanation that I saw from the commentary called the Maharsha, uh, he's a commentary that's found in the back of, the, of uh, uh, some of the Talmuds. Um, and he explains as follows. So what does it mean that it, God has one hand? It means that when God created the heaven and the earth, there's a concept that He created it based on um, judgment. For one of them, it was based on judgment, pure judgment, and the other one was based on a rachaman, based on mercy, uh, or mercy, or uh, really looking towards where the person wants to be more than where the person is currently at. Um, and it's really about looking towards the future. And so that's his, uh, that's how he created the world with one hand. And the righteous, uh, basically, the righteous have this ability to tell to say that no, really, it's, it's not just it's not judgment that uh, this really the, the heavens is based on rachamim, it was based on mercy. This world is based on God created this world based on Din on, on strict judgment. And the righteous have the ability to take from the heavens, the heavens represents a rachamim, mercy, and to bring it to this world. It allows God to bring His rachamim, His mercy, to this world. And that's what it means the multiple hands, that the the, the work of the righteous take both aspects, these two aspects, and they bring it into one, to say that we will have rachamim, we will have mercy even in this world. And that's exactly what the rain is. Who will testify about the righteous, the actions of the righteous? that is the rain, because the rain is something which comes from the heavens and it enters into uh, the earth. And so the heavens, which represents rachamim, which represents mercy, through rain now comes into this world, which God created originally based on din, based on direct uh, strict judgment. And so the actions of the righteous allow, uh, allow God to act differently because we see that we're heading in the right direction. And so God then, shifts any changes from acting based on strict judgment to based on mercy or basing basing us on on how we will act in the future, what we intend to do, how we want to behave, not necessarily on how we have acted in the past. Okay. That is the first statement of Barkapara. Uh and now we have a second statement from Barkapara. Darsh Barkapara. A new new statement from Bar Kapara. What does it mean in the verse? That you should have a peg literally among your weapons. Uh, it's a verse in Devarim in the fifth book of the Torah. And so he says you have to explain this verse, uh, sort of re, re read this uh, one of the words here. Altikri is referring to your weapons. Ella Al your ear. Aznacha means your ear. Uh, it's the same same word the vowels are different and this is according to some this is why there are no vowels in the Torah because you could explain the Torah in multiple ways. Um, what does it mean that it's your ears that you should put to have these pegs among your ears? what does that mean? because if a person hears something which is not appropriate which you're not supposed to hear uh, inappropriate talk, uh, slander you should put a peg what does it mean a peg? Put your finger in your ear. That's what the verse is telling you. You should, don't listen. Put your finger in your ear. This is what a Rebbe Lazar meant to say. this. Why are fingers similar, of a person similar to pegs? What's the reason? It's, it's, it's for this reason. What's the reason? If we say that, uh, it's due to the fact that they're separate from each other. That we have five separate fingers that are separate from each other, and that's what he's saying. It's pegs. That we know that each finger was designated for its own own purpose. Every finger has its own purpose. Why? Damar mar zeris. When it comes to the small finger to the pinky, that is to measure um, a zeris, uh, a, the distance between the pinky to the thumb which has to do with the Zeres, which has to do with the breastplate of the Kohen Gadol. So it's used. That measurement is used for something. The next finger, the fourth finger, Zukimitza, it's also used for something in the service in the temple. Um, Zuama, when it comes to the middle finger, that's the distance from the elbow to the tip of the middle finger. That's also used in Jewish law. Zuetz, but when it comes to the second finger, so then um, that is used... Uh, for sprinkling the blood, also with regards to uh, the service in the temple. And zu when it comes to the thumb, that is also used, the thumb is also used in the service with regards to the blood and oil, um, with regards to a certain purification process. But the point is that all five fingers are necessary. He's not asking why do we have five fingers, that they're separated, but what's he asking? El Rather, he's asking why they pointed like pegs. Why they pointed like pegs, because if a person hears something which is wrong, they're supposed to put their uh, fingers in their ears. They're supposed to have a way of preventing from hearing. They should, they should stop it. So just, uh, we'll, we'll read the last couple of lines, uh, and then we'll add a little bit of explanation as well. Tana similar idea. Not about fingers, but Why is it that the entire ear is hard, but the earlobe is soft? Why is the earlobe soft? Same idea. If you hear something which you're not supposed to be hearing, so then put your earlobe into your ear so that you don't hear it. And then finally the last line, A person should not listen to uh, idle matters because the ears are very sensitive and the, the first of the limbs burned. They're the first of the, wind of the limbs that cause a person to sin. Uh, because they become exposed, they're easily exposed. So, what exactly what's going on here? Um, so, some of the commentators say we don't have the right to just to ask why was the hand um, formed like it is, and why is the leg formed like it is? Why is it, why why is each part of the body formed like uh, like it was? So that that's not a question that we ask. What's going on here is that for of of all the senses uh, we have or, or unique senses we. We have a way of stopping it if, we're, if we don't want it. So for example, the eyes, we could close our eyes. We have a covering for our nose. We could shut our nose. We could close our nose and it prevents us from, uh, from smelling. With our mouth, we have lips that we could close our mouth. But what about the ears, the ears that hear? Is there any way that, that we could prevent our ears from hearing if they're hearing something that we shouldn't be listening to? So to that, the answer is yes, it's something internal. Either it's the fingers or it's the earlobe. Uh, That God created within the body itself Something that could prevent us from Using our ears in an inappropriate way So just like we have the eyes If we are not supposed to look at something That's in front of us We could close our eyes If we're not supposed to say something We have our lips to shut our mouth So too with the ears We have our fingers Or maybe the earlobe Which will prevent us from uh, From listening to something That we're not supposed to listen to Uh, It's interesting to note The the Medrash says that uh, Before the times of Noah Noach uh, from the time times of the flood of Noach, uh, people had webbed hands. They had webbed hands, and only after Noah did they were the were the webbed fingers. Sorry, were the fingers separated, and each finger was separate. And some want to connect it to our Gemara because before Noah so at least uh, the world wasn't as bad, um, and so they didn't need, they didn't need this aspect to cover their ears because it wasn't as bad. But during the by the generation of the flood, where there was so much hatred towards each other. Uh, So then And there was so much uh, Talk Evil talk So then we needed fingers And so Noah was the one Who had the fingers To uh, It was no longer webbed So that you could stick them In your ear And you don't have to hear it One last point And then we will conclude Is that the entire time When it lists this One after another It says that Something which is Inappropriate to listen to The last time it mentions it It doesn't just say Something which is inappropriate It says something which uh, Wasteful talk Talk which is unnecessary and again, going back to the Marsha, the Marsha explains that um, even talk which is not necessary, just uh, wasting talk and talking about just randomness and unproductive conversation, unproductive conversation generally leads to then talking about things which you, you, you shouldn't really be talking about. Talk, it leads to negative speech. We should have productive conversations. You should have productive conversations, meaningful conversations, that's really the goal. But once you start to discuss just um, random, unnecessary, unproductive conversations, so then it'll, it will lead to not just unproductive conversations, but inappropriate uh, slander, inappropriate conversations. And so, uh, the Gemara is even telling us that we should have meaningful, productive conversations. It could be it doesn't have, it doesn't always have to be so serious, but at least it should be meaningful. It should be productive. Um, and uh, that's, that's what Bar is teaching us. So to conclude, we had these two statements of Bar and we came onto this tangent because we mentioned Bar earlier in the Gemara, and now the Gemara will return to our original discussion uh, in our next recording about uh, the prohibition to have sexual relations on Friday night. The Gemara will return back to that, and that will be a long discussion uh, as we will see in the coming recordings.